Again, I was going to say, I think it's a rainy day out there again today. Uh, quite rainy yesterday, that was for sure. Really rainy. Good day to uh, take a nap if you're able to do so. Uh, our Some of our kids came home. Uh, and we spent time yesterday with uh, our kids. And uh, some are kind of adopted kids. Uh, my My son's best friend, Matthew, and his wife, Leah and their little girl uh, and our son and his girlfriend were here and for a while yesterday afternoon till well, I don't know, 4.30 in the afternoon, which was splendid to spend some time together like that. We don't get to do that very often, and it was very, very good. So I hope you had a good weekend. Here in America, it is uh, 4th of July week, 
Yesterday, July 2nd, at Veracity Chapel, we celebrated Interdependence Day, that we need to be interdependent upon one another, and uh, in relationship with each other, we're called to be a body, called to be a family, so we did that at Veracity yesterday, uh, and of course, tomorrow will be July 4th, another holiday that uh, some will probably spend some time uh, thinking about celebrating how America won uh, independence from Great Britain. And, um, you know, but I pray for America. We're a mess right now. Really, honestly, we're a mess. Uh, Maine is a mess. And uh, that's okay. Uh, I, uh, why do I say that's okay? Because God's in charge. That's why I say that's okay. And uh, God is sovereign. And even though we, as human beings in Maine and in the United States uh, are going directions opposite of the Lord. He will do his thing. Uh, He is either going to create a revival as he did in the late 60s, early 70s, or he is going to um, bring judgment, Uh, maybe both. And so God's in charge and we rejoice in that. How many of you seen uh, the Jesus Revolution movie? Uh, just curious about that. Now, I've watched some preachers want to castigate this, and one in particular, and I, I'm not going to castigate him. I, I, otherwise, I'll just be doing the same thing. Um, the movie did show the, the, some of the fallout between uh, Chuck Smith uh, and Lonnie Frisbee that happened. Uh, so it did surface some of the concerns that that at least one preacher uh, had, uh, one pastor, one notable pastor uh, had, but he seems to have problems with lots of people, probably has problems with me if he would ever listen to me. Uh, I'm too small for his radar screen. Uh, but I was absolutely thrilled with the movie and... Uh, uh, we watched it last night here at home and uh, after the kids left. Uh, and I was delighted. Uh, I was moved to tears at several points along the way um, because I just saw Jesus all through it. And I have to ask you the question. I mean, if you saw the movie, uh, and kind of early in the movie, there was a scene where you had the regular church folk sitting on the one side, uh, and you had the hippies sitting on the other in the church building, uh, which side would you be sitting on? What's your behavior like? Uh, just curious. Uh, do you follow the old ways? Do you? And I say old ways. I'm saying that you, that you would, want, would not invite the hippies in, um, that you would not invite uh, all the lost and the lonely and the desperate and the searching and the seeking in uh, because it would mess up your church. Uh, if that's the way you are, then you wouldn't fit with me very good. Just going to tell you that right now. And uh, that isn't the Jesus way whatsoever. And uh, his way is, is, to find the outcast. His way is to redeem the outcast. Uh, He's looking for people who search after him, and it doesn't matter if they're barefooted or wear nice shoes. Uh, It doesn't matter whether they're uh, uh, a woman in a nice dress uh, or a woman with a bandana. 
uh, in tattered jeans and barefoot. doesn't matter. Jesus is looking for people who are desperately seeking after him. That's what pleases his heart. Now, I'm not saying that, but some get lost on the legalism. Some get lost on, you have to look the part. Oh, give it up. None of us can be look good enough, be dressed good enough, uh, act good enough, behave good enough to get to heaven. You can't be good enough to get to heaven, folks. It's just, it's just the truth. The Bible says such. Unless you're perfect, utterly, completely, totally perfect, and never harm anyone, never do anything wrong. Uh, but the Bible teaches that all of us have sinned in some regard, and therefore we are uh, qualified not for heaven but for hell. And yet... None of us can do anything bad enough to keep us from heaven either, because heaven comes by faith in Jesus Christ alone. Legitimate, true, saving, regenerating, converting faith. That is how we come to have access to heaven, how we come to have access to God, and some fake it, and we're going to talk about fakes and phonies here in just a bit this morning in Acts chapter 19, because there are fakes and there are phonies, and uh, we're going to see that here as we get into Acts chapter 19. If you've not seen the movie, I would encourage you to see it, and I would encourage you to love Jesus uh, as uh, as those people love Jesus. Uh and of course, there were notable names, Chuck Smith of the Calvary Chapel movement, Greg Laurie, who's no longer Calvary Chapel movement, but uh, started out Calvary Chapel movement. In fact, many ways, I started out Calvary Chapel movement myself. Uh, I was Church of God when I came to faith in Christ at age 15, coming out of uh, rampant sex and drugs myself at age 15. Um, I went to a Church of God church. Uh, Anderson Branch, I for my dear friend Art Fairbrother here and my Church of God people here in Belfast, I would just need to say, no, it's not the Cleveland Branch, it's the Anderson Branch. There are two different branches there. Uh, but Chuck Smith was on my radio dial along with Charles R. Swindoll, Chuck Swindoll, uh, every day and listened to them. As a 15-year-old, friends, we need to pray that the, the Spirit of God would move in a way upon the hearts of young people, uh, upon the hearts of old people, on the hearts of middle-aged people, that people would hunger for the Word of God. I seem to be an anomaly at 15 years of age listening to guys like it, Chuck Smith, Chuck Swindoll, J. Vernon McGee. Some of you have heard his voice. You ought to listen to him a little bit on YouTube. Just his voice was so unique. Um Warren Wearsby. Uh, even then, I, I was tuning into people like Jerry Falwell, and, and I, I do have odds with with how they brought strong legalism in, into the mix, but they, they also championed a lot of things for Christ, and, and we give thanks for that. And as, as we looked at last week, as Paul said, uh, I just rejoice that, that Christ is being preached. Pray for young people that go to summer camps this summer. I'm talking Christian summer camps. Uh, pray that they j won't just, okay, let's get them to heaven. That's good enough. Next, uh, let's pray that, that they fall in love with Jesus. 
Let's pray that they want to follow Jesus. Let's pray that they have a hunger for the word of God. Let's pray that, that, that they are transformed. Let's pray that they go back to their churches and their churches have to change. Either change or get out of the way. There are too many churches that are just kind of blech, dead churches. Sometimes I wonder about our own church. Honestly, I'm being honest. Uh, where's the passion for the lost? Where's the passion for the Bible? Where's the passion for the body? Um, where's the passion to see God do great things? Where's the passion for prayer? I'm preaching this morning, friends. This isn't Bible study, I guess. But we need to see those things. We need to pray for those things. Uh, I'm a part, some of you have been a part of sending a bunch of kids to Malawi, uh, in Malawi to camp this summer. Their goal is, is not only to see kids saved, but to begin uh, early in the week, help them come to Jesus, and then begin equipping them to live a life of disciple-making. I'm so thrilled uh, at that prospect of, of kids in Malawi. Uh, I'm leading tonight, a, a uh, leading the, the, the staff at Fairhaven Camps uh, about prayerfulness and what that can look like and what that should look like, the power of prayer. And pray for tonight to be a powerful time at Fairhaven Camp. Um, this Friday night, we have dedication service of the staff. Anybody's inviting to come, invited to come to that. They've, I don't know why, but they've invited me to come speak at that again, too. So um, just pray for what's going on in the week. I'm, I'm busy right now um, working, praying for, uh, for, for God's provision for things like Fairhaven. Uh, I'm praying for provision for the kids in Malawi. Uh, $30 a kid to send them, send them to camp. Uh, I'm praying as we're, uh, I'm going to be talking to a few individuals, at least and if you want to be part of this, let me know. Uh, we are trying to send some people to be trained, to be national leaders to, and, and these people, I tell you, will carry disciple making all across South Sudan. And, uh, so I, I'm raising some money to make sure they get the equipping. They've got to travel a little bit, uh, uh, they need to have housing. They're going to need to have, and it's cheap down there. All this is cheap uh, compared to what it is in America. And uh, they need to have food, things of that nature. So uh, those are some of the things I'm working on right now around the world, Malawi, uh, South Sudan. Uh, I'm working with a young man in uh, Costa Rica who's planting a church, uh, working with another young man in Brazil. Uh, he's a lawyer. He's leaving his law practice to uh, uh, plant plant what he hopes becomes a church planting movement in Brazil. Uh, so those are just a few of the things I'm doing uh, in various places, both here on stateside as well as uh, globally. And I would certainly appreciate your prayers as, as I uh, work at doing some of those things uh, in these various places. Well, you've gotten way too much. We haven't gotten to the scriptures. You you tune into this for the scriptures, at least most of you do. Some of you might tune into the scriptures for the deep baritone here. Uh, no, I, I, I know you're tuning in for the scriptures. I believe that. Acts chapter 19, verse 11, picking up where we left off last week, says, God did extraordinary miracles through Paul, so that even handkerchiefs and aprons that had touched him were taken to the sick, uh, and their illnesses were cured, and the evil spirits left them. It's quite uh, 
quite amazing to think about God doing. Now, why? Because Paul was uniquely called. I mean, Paul was basically knocked off the donkey on his way to Damascus uh, and uh, basically you could say thrown to the ground in, in, in a humbling fashion, the bright light and the voice of Jesus speaking to him and uh, calling him to be a follower of Jesus. Paul was uniquely anointed, as was Peter, another uniquely anointed. Now, they're the only few, I think, that really talks about doing these extraordinary miracles. It doesn't, the book of Acts doesn't go on and say, and this apostle did this, and this apostle did that, and that apostle did that. No, it, it really seems, uh, it doesn't seem like, I mean, the, the things that are recorded are recorded because these are uniquely gifted men by God. And we have to be careful to think that, you know, every, this is for every Christian. It is not for every Christian. It is for those that God gifts to do these things. Now, these things are, are not even something that I would be reaching toward to, to the idea of handkerchiefs or aprons that touched people, uh, that touched him were taken to the sick. I, I don't think a, a handkerchief or apron that would touch me uh, taken to the sick would have a, a whole lot of effect, honestly, uh, because I don't think I'm uniquely gifted in that way. However, I do want to throw something out to you that I know some churches have done. Our church uh, in Cambridge Springs, Pennsylvania, did this on a few occasions. For people who were sick, we, we would pray over a handkerchief uh, and would mail it to a person who was maybe distant from us, or the pastor would take the handkerchief to the person and say, look, we're just wanting you to know that we've identified, we as the body of Christ have identified with you and your illness, we're praying with you and your illness uh, and we're just giving you this handkerchief to let you know the love of Christ, to know the prayers of the body of Christ, and to let you know that we're with you. They, we, we, we did things like that. I, I think it's, it's why not, is an example. If there's a letter-writing campaign that's taking place, why not uh, place hands on those letters and pray over them before they're sent? Why not? Um. I think we should. We need to learn faith. We need to learn prayerfulness. Uh, we need to be looking for God to be at work in unique and powerful ways uh, in our day. Uh, again, I, I would tell you, I, I don't think I have any unique special powers. I, I may have the, the, the ability as a communicator to some people uh, to, to be able to make the gospel, to make the scriptures clear and plain. I have that ability. Um, I may be able to inspire some people. Other people are rather uninspired. Um, but why not, as Christians, sometimes take these acts of faith and not not in a an overly demanding way, a, a way where we're demanding things of God, but we're just demonstrating to God that we're trusting Him. That's what I'm talking about here. Demonstrating to God our trust in him. Well, it's unique with Paul. It said what we read here again is in this verse, even the handkerchiefs, aprons that touched him were taken to the sick. Their illnesses were cured and the evil spirits left them. And as I'm reading in the comments by dear sister Priscilla, wow, just wow. Something that is just, it's incredible what's going on there. Acts 
19 verse 13 says, some Jews who went around driving out evil spirits tried to invoke the name of the Lord Jesus over those who are demon possessed. They would say the name of the Lord Je- in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches, I command you to come out. Seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish priest, were doing this. One day, an evil spirit answered them, Jesus, I know, and I know about Paul, but who are you? Then the man who had an evil spirit jumped on them and overpowered them all. One man on the seven sons of Sceva, he gave them such a beating that they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. When this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. Now, just to talk in this little section here, we can't fake it, folks. We've got to be the real deal. You can't just invoke the name of Jesus. And I want to ask you this morning, do you know that you're the real deal? Do you know that you know that you know that you have trusted in Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? Do you have an inner witness of the Holy Spirit? Now, that's not something you can conjure. That's not something you can concoct. Uh, That is not something you can create. You must be born again by the Spirit of God. And if you are definitely, definitively, absolutely regenerated, born again by the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit leaves his witness in your heart that you are sons, that you are daughters, of God, and then, and then only then would you or I have power over the demonic world. Only then. These people didn't have the connection. These people weren't converted. Notice what it said in verse 13. It says, uh, in the name of Jesus, whom Paul preaches. They weren't saying in Jesus in the name of Jesus Christ my Savior. They weren't saying in the name of Jesus Christ my Lord. They weren't saying any of those things. None of them whatsoever. They were saying in the name of Jesus whom Paul preaches. Friends, we can't do that. Now, do we have power over um, the spiritual realm to a certain measure? Yes, we do. Uh Ephesians chapter 6 talks about standing up against the the powers of darkness in heavenly places. Uh, The Apostle John wrote in, uh, I believe it's 1 John 4. I I can't remember the verse right off the top of my head. Maybe somebody looked that up. 1 John 4, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. If, in fact, Jesus Christ is in you, greater is he who is in you than he that is in the world. You have that strength. You have that ability. And uh, But these characters didn't have it. And friend, I just want to appeal to you. Do not be a phony. Do not be a fraud. Do not be a fake. Either you've got Jesus or you don't. Don't be just merely religious. Even now, Lord, I, I would pray that you would touch the heart of someone listening, whether it's during the live broadcast or whether it's later on on the podcast, someone that finds this particular message that, Lord, you would use it and that right now as they're listening in this very moment that they would 
completely surrender their heart to Jesus, that Jesus would be their Savior, that he would be their Lord, that he would be their friend, that he would be their companion, that the Holy Spirit would take up residence in them, and that they would know that they know that they know that they are children of God, born of the Spirit of God. Lord, hear my prayer. Hear our prayer in the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, back into the text here. Notice what happened. This evil spirit uh, jumped on them, verse 16, and overpowered them, all seven of them. He gave them such a beating, they ran out of the house naked and bleeding. Now, this isn't just a story. Uh, this happened. Uh, and I have known, in fact, I know people, I still know people, they're still kicking about who've had this very experience. In fact, this happened, oh, I don't know, it was back in the 70s, maybe at Fairhaven. Uh, a little girl had come here from Haiti, I think was the place. Um, and uh, she was demon-possessed, and she thrashed some men about uh, at Fairhaven, and, and they finally had several men that were able to hold this girl down and, and pray over her. Uh, and if I recall the story correctly, she, she became a believer in, in that whole encounter uh, and was completely changed. But this little girl thrashing guys. Now, some of you know uh, our friend Dave Shelton. And uh, men, his, his stature, men, his height, men, his large man build, there were at least a few men like that, and uh, it's a true story. Uh, another friend of mine, Brian, uh, dropping his last name right, not from our area anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, same type of experiences that they had, uh, and they were ministering overseas. Evil forces are not something to be played with. They're not something to be treated lightly. They need to be treated with great regard because they do have great power to do great things and can inflict much, much harm to those who just kind of treat it willy-nilly. We need, in fact, Paul would go on and write, uh, I believe it's in Second Timothy, that we are not to... No, it's the book of Jude. That's where it is. We, we are not to regard evil spirits lightly. We're to have great respect, not respect in the, like, well, respect what you do, but respect in their power and their ability and not treat it lightly. Now, the evil spirit, God even used an, a, a, an experience like this to bring glory to himself back into the text here. We look at what it says after they left the house naked and bleeding. It says, when this became known to the Jews and Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear, and the name of the Lord Jesus was held in high honor. The Lord even used a situation like this, that people would be held in high honor. As many of those who believe now came and openly confessed their evil deeds. Friends, that's when revival's happening. That's when spiritual awakening is happening, is when people will even come and openly confess their evil deeds. Wow. The Spirit of Jesus is so strong that people were repenting. And repentance, repentance is a part of the gospel. 
So many of our modern preachers in our day leave out the necessity of repentance. We need to turn from our sins, turn to God. We need to turn from our ways to his ways. We need to turn from our own efforts to uh, be able to merit heaven and recognize that Jesus has merited heaven on our behalf and give our lives to him. Now, let's just see what it says. Verse 19, 20, we'll finish at least this section. A number who practiced sorcery brought their scrolls together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, they came to 50,000 drachmas. Now, we'll put that into a more modern uh, translation here in just a moment. It says, in this way, the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. I'm going to put this in the NLT New Living Translation, and we will look at verse 20, verse 19. Uh, It says, the value of the books was several million dollars. So the message about the Lord spread widely and had a powerful, powerful effect. And friends, that that would be our, that that would be our prayer, that the word of the Lord would have a powerful, powerful, powerful effect to think of several million dollars. Now, let me just talk for a moment about this tonight. Uh, Let me see. Yeah, I'm going to stop at, at, at that verse, verse 20. We'll, you know, we'll do uh, Acts chapter 19, part 3 tomorrow. Um, sorcery. Listen, people who practice Wiccan, it's evil, it's wicked, period. The Bible says so. Uh, those who practice sorcery, those who look to Ouija boards, those who go to seances and things of that nature, look, if you're a Christian and you're doing those things, you are going against the word of God in doing those things. Now, maybe for tomorrow, I'll, I'll look it up. But you, you could do some study and just uh, Google, what does the Bible say about witchcraft? Uh, what does the Bible say about sorcery? What does the Bible say about seances? Uh, anything that's, that's encamped in that is wicked. The, the whole uh, horrors, hor- horoscope, is that what it's called? Uh, satanic friends sorry don't mix that in with your christianity you need to get rid of that stuff you need to stay away from that stuff that is nothing but pure evil and i know it says nice stuff but the word of god old there's old testament precepts about that type of stuff and the evil of it i know people who would speak evil of like the lgbtq uh people uh, but would practice sorcery and witchcraft as Christians. It ought not be. So repent, turn. May your faith only be in the Lord, in his ways, in his words, and in his works. Well, friends, that's the end End of this half hour. And... Uh, you know, I'm looking to comment here by by Fran, a couple of comments by our dear sister Fran. Uh, born again with the Holy Spirit in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. That's right. Fran also saying we see so much of this on social, social media, Satan all over. So sad. That's where you and I, friends, and Fran, you do this. I know you do this. You, you seek to be a witness on social media. 
if we just abandon it, and I know so many Christians, I don't want to do this whole evil. Uh, okay, be light in a dark place. That's what we're called to do. Be light in a dark place. And I, I try to stay away from a lot of the political stuff and whatnot for the most part. Um, now, I, if you want to think about what has happened in main main legislative process uh, over the last week uh, and think about the state of Maine, go read Acts 10. Not Acts 10, sorry, Psalm 10. Just go read Psalm 10 when you get off this broadcast and you think about what you know about the legislation LD sixteen nineteen allowing abortion up up to birth here in the state of Maine, and really, I, I think that's without. They say it's all about the woman. No, it, that was already allowed. It, it's so a woman and a doctor can decide. Yeah, I don't want to do this. Let's go ahead and abort. Um, it's evil. Read Psalm ten and just see how what you can see in Psalm ten that that speaks to that. We need to pray. We need to be salt. We need to be light in the dark place in America, and around the world, and on social media. Lord, help us to be that light in a dark place, in a dark time in America. Help us to boldly proclaim the gospel. Help us to stand for the gospel. And Lord, use us to point people to Jesus, even though in America the world might be more and more against us. May we be more and more for you. And Lord, I, I do see there's a prayer request coming over from Walter. Pray for me. I'm going to take a test in New York City so I can be the nurse at a, uh, in a camp next week in upstate New York. So Lord, help Walter to pass the test. May you qualify him, Lord, to pass the test uh, and help him to qualify and to pass the test so that he can be a camp nurse there in upstate New York. Lord, hear our prayer. Help us to walk with you and bring you honor and glory today in Jesus' name. Amen. Have a great day, everyone. We'll see you again tomorrow morning.